3: Hey, it's Katie Kramer, your Squawk Pod host. Before we start today's episode, a special extra one on this Thanksgiving holiday, I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Whether you've been here since our launch in 2019, or you're a little newer, we appreciate every one of you, and we love presenting you with the best of CNBC's coverage every day. Our work would not be possible without your support, so please help us, help you, take a second, right now, click that follow button wherever you're listening, and maybe give this podcast a rating while you're at it, a couple of stars, maybe. Remember, you can share any of our episodes at any time on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, LinkedIn, your personal newsletter, whatever. Help us spread the CNBC word. That's it. Thanks, everyone. Now, let's get to the podcast. Coming up today on Squawk Pod. Amazon marking Black Friday with shopping and a side of football?
4: This is like the best Thanksgiving we've ever had for sports. Well, I'm a Jets fan. (laughs)
3: Gary Vaynerchuk, the ad exec known as
2: Gary V, on the promise of Prime Sports. You watched the game. I know you watched the game. My ability to spend money on Amazon against people that watch the game is a capability now that I bought that ad.
3: And flying, it stinks. The author and Vanderbilt law professor who says it can be fixed.
0: Both at the industry level and for individual passengers, the experience of flying has gotten to be miserable. Ganesh Sitaraman takes on travel. We built a plane for 300 people, but only space for eight carry-ons.
3: It's Thursday, November 23rd. Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan and Becky Quick begins right now.
4: All right, I'm doing important things. Um, The NFL, uh, I'm writing out some wine. (laughs) The NFL hosting its first ever uh, Black Friday uh, game tomorrow with the New York Jets and and Miami Dolphins. Met. I, I know. Thanksgiving. It's you know I I I just read what, what's up there. I guess. <laughs> I get, and, and it called it Black Friday too. Is that you, Greco? Do I have you to thank for that? It, somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Great. Uh, <laughs> pass a buck, right, Gary? Um, anyway, that'll be on Friday. Hence Black Friday game. Uh, it's exclusively on Amazon. Amazon is removing the the Prime paywall for the broadcast in a move. Uh, that the company says could draw 12 million viewers. Uh, go, join us now, Gary Vaynerchuk, CEO of VaynerMedia. Uh, we were talking earlier, I mean, the Lions are eight and two. This is like the best Thanksgiving, I think, we've ever had for sports. Well, I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> I, I mentioned that too. Didn't, wasn't Gino the quarterback for the Jets for a while? Yes. The Jets. Have now moved. he's leading the, to the, the Seahawks. Seahawks to the we're Super sorry. Bowl and uh, yeah, you, you've it's, got. It's gloomy
2: outside <laughs> and it's gloomy for Jet fans again. That's the black turtleneck. That's right. <laughs> this is not for Black Friday. This is for my football season.
4: And you, well, we gonna tra- we don't, we don't, we're not here to talk about the Jets necessarily, but do you think Zach's coming back ever? I'm not sure. You're not sure at this point? I am not sure. Um, how did all this, uh, this come about? I mean, the, the, and, and what does it finally look like for the NFL? How much content? Yeah. We're we ready for, to almost televise every game, I think, aren't we?
2: Well, I think for this, what's really interesting about this Black Friday game on Amazon, especially for the people that watch this show, is when you think about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl commercials, in my opinion, in advertising, is the best ad in the world even though it's 8 million dollars you're getting 130 million Americans to actually watch most people don't watch other commercials on TV outside of it the black friday game especially now that they've moved the paywall away the, what's interesting about an amazon commercial that's different than a commercial on television is the retarget capability of the people that watch it uh, so mm-hmm. the, yeah so the, the this ad on on Prime, on Amazon, has the potential to change the marketing landscape. Because the brands that are smart enough to run QR codes during this, because remember, it's Black Friday. Mm -hmm. So everyone's in that mindset to buy. Now you're watching football. And these ads are gonna run. There's gonna be a lot of call to action and deals, different than Super Bowl that's trying to make you laugh and build brand. I think there's a sales capability when I think about what Gillette and Bose are doing with us, my advertising for Media, the, the fact that we can retarget the people on Amazon that saw the ad, yeah. the capabilities that are, these tech companies, like this is where the, what's, what's so important about this moment is it's I think it's the watershed moment that takes us into the next frontier of television
1: but wait a second when you say retarget and yes. you have us that means we click on it and now you've got my information and you, you watch the
2: game it's
4: amazing nope,
1: nope nope it's
2: it's much more mundane than that okay. you watched the game I know you watched the game I know you saw our Bose headset or our Gillette razor day. now you're in Amazon's ecosystem I'm only going to run those ads against you because you watched the game versus him he didn't watch the game
1: so my high, I have a higher propensity
2: to convert you.
1: And you as the advertiser, or you as the brand, gets that information, Amazon shares through, or? You get the ability to
2: do it on the platform. Okay. It's not like you, Sally, now I have, and I can come over and hang out. I was
1: gonna say, because that, yeah. that's not the smartest thing, because no. then they're gonna lose no. the relationship no. for next year. But,
2: when I go, but my ability to spend money on Amazon against people that watch the game is a capability now that I bought that ad. And think about the time of year. Super Bowl is in early February. Q1, I don't have to tell anybody watching it is a very different market than Q4.
1: So is it really getting to the point where you know? I forget who it was that said it. You know, I, advertising works. I just don't know. You know, I know yeah, half 50%. of it works. I just don't know which 50%. Now you know which 50% works.
2: It's not that you know what 50% works. You're mitigating the risk. It's why social media works. Mm-hmm. Social media ads. You're mitigating the risk of running up hundred thousand five hundred thousand million dollar commercial hoping it works right
4: that's amazing so this is this really could and we know about Super Bowl. so now there's going to be black friday this is going to uh, uh, be something we n- do again now, and again now
2: you got it like i uh, i think we'll see and it's early but just how big amazon actually is and how so there was pretty is.
4: it was pretty smart to get into media for now amazon you're getting it. Wasn't this it? is that's, very go smart. slow with me because you you know i thought that Black Friday was tomorrow, so way. <laughs> no. so you know you really got to uh, go slow. And I'm going to try that one. What else? Oh, GM not advertising at the Super Bowl. That is so depressing to me. That de- yeah. of course their their EVs are doing so well they don't need to advertise. Yeah, I mean look, we, we, we got they they tell me we got to go, Gary. I'm okay, sorry. Love you. I love Happy you thanks too. Thanks. Anyway. Thanks for the wine tip.
3: Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work, impending deadline. Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big. Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click. click, 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 click. Rider's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at Canva.com. Designed for work. Canva. Yeah. What's on the horizon for financial markets? You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Becky Quick and Joe Kernan with travel stories from hell. Becky kicks things off.
1: All right, our next guest is the author of the new book called Why Flying is Miserable and How to Fix It. He says the government's choice to deregulate the airlines is a key factor that's led to passengers' nightmare experiences. And joining us right now on set is Vanderbilt University Law Professor Ganesh Sitaraman. And Ganesh, thanks for being here.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Okay, the title of the book strikes everybody, Why Flying is Miserable. We've all had horrible experiences, whether that be times that you're sitting on the runway for forever, whether that be missing flights, whether that be not being able to get a seat to a place you used to be able to get a direct flight. Um, what, What happened? Why do you blame
0: deregulation? Well, it really comes down to those two words, public policy, when, Congress deregulated the airlines in 1978. It said that airlines could fly wherever they want, whenever they want, charge whatever they want. And we took out any of the guardrails that we had from before. And what that means is the airlines now can shrink the size of the seats. They can abandon cities and small towns and rural parts of America. They can make you connect through Dallas or Atlanta or O'Hare and all these other little miseries that we have, plus a lot of turbulence in the industry itself. When you think about the booms that we've had in the 90s and the 2010s, followed by big busts when demand comes down from 9-11 or COVID, and the airlines come to Congress asking for bailouts and taxpayer support in those cases. So both at the industry level and for individual passengers, I think the experience of flying has gotten to be miserable.
1: I push back a little bit and play devil's advocate with this. Part of what has happened is airline prices have come down significantly too. Ticket prices. If you're looking historically with the rate of inflation put into this, I mean, I can still fly cross country for three hundred bucks. Get flights down to Florida. I know people who can do it for one hundred and fifty bucks in different ways to do it. What's happened is it has democratized flying to a certain extent. It used to be, before deregulation, that flying was a pretty elite experience. You had really nice dinners that they would serve you. You had the in-flight movie options, different things that were all part of the, part of the part of being there. you got to pay more for those things and get into first class. But you have people using airlines that never did before. Most of the country has flown at some point or another. Some do it very regularly. And it's more like a subway system, may not go everywhere you want it to go, but if you are willing to shop around, you might be able to find a flight that that people would never be able to afford before.
0: One of the things I found in doing the research for the book is that while prices did go down after deregulation, when you look at the charts that start in 1978, they show that. But when you pull that chart back and start looking from 1950, prices were going down during regulation also, and at basically the same rate the whole time. And so it's not necessarily the case that deregulation was a clean break where prices really plummeted. What actually happened was we saw prices drop on some routes immediately afterwards and then be reshaped throughout the country where you got more expensive prices in small cities and places where there's no competition, mm-hmm. uh, cheaper places in places where there was competition. And part of what the regulated system did was align prices to distance. So you paid more if you were gonna fly a longer distance. But if you're going to fly a shorter distance, even to a place that might not be the most popular city with the highest volume, you paid the same price as someone going yeah, to a more popular place. now you're talking place. about like
1: a post office, a postal office.
0: Exactly. So it, it, was, of it, it was a principle of the post office, where we want to have access to places like Dubuque, Iowa, which has lost all major carrier service. We want to have access no, to Alaska. They, I don't
4: know what the alternative is. The alternative is frickin' Amtrak. It, 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 you know what I mean? And, and nobody... I mean, as bad as it is, number one, it's hard to run an airline, and even with all these advantages and in some cases you would say unfair advantages, they still almost go out of business every five years for some reason, so it's hard. We don't want to subsidize that industry with with taxpayer dollars to make it, right? Isn't this the best? It's not great, but it's the best we got. I- I don't think it is the best we got. And what, what would and, we do? And,
0: and, and on the subsidies, we are doing that, you know, when they're going go to go bust. How fail. would it be
4: different than Amtrak? So, which is, so, is a nightmare.
0: So, so here are some easy things we could do. The first is we could have a commitment that says to airlines, you know, you get a lot of privileges from us, the taxpayers and the federal government. Right. You have an obligation to serve some smaller places because we're not going to give up so then on gonna the loo- whole country. They're going to lose money there on and some be of those in the position. And, and, and they'll make up money in other places. Well, you uh, don't know. Second, I think what we want to tell the airlines is you need to have a plan for when there's a crisis. You know, we've had this multiple times. We know there are times where there's going to be a right. big drop in demand for maybe six months or a year. Have a plan show us what that plan is maybe that means having a rainy day fund maybe you've got some other plans but don't come back to us asking for bailouts without any without any plans and and third We should just have a simpler system of pricing. You know, now we have a system where it's different if you buy a ticket on Tuesday morning or Tuesday evening. You know, you can get charged for picking your seat, for checking your bag. I I, I saw that's
1: what I hate—the checking your bag, because then it makes it it takes everybody longer to get on the plane because everybody's dragging all their luggage on the plane. I just.
0: uh, And uh, I, I saw a joke the other day which said, you know we built a plane for 300 people but only space for eight carry-ons
4: right you know and then
0: you've got to check your bag at the gate but it's got to be based on
4: supply it's got to be you don't want price controls you don't want setting a price then that that's not going to work you're either going to have shortages or too much none of that works you got to have you can't have price controls
0: no you don't have to do price controls you know one thing i propose I mean, can't set is prices it is that we could re- we could just require airlines to have more standard prices but not set by the government um so in regulation during the 1930s to the 1980s, the federal government actually set the prices on a per mile basis. Oh, Think God, like, no, your, like your no, electric utility. No, We don't no. have to do that. What we could do is just say, if you're going to serve, say, coach or first class on a route, you can't be changing the prices based on if you previously looked up that same flight or if it's a Tuesday or a Wednesday. A price but, is a price. Just, just pick what you want to uh, charge for that flight.
4: Simpler and easier. I I just don't want the mutant chicken that they serve, you know, with like a beak or or Chernobyl Farms.
0: You can skip eating that if they do serve that to you. Ganesh,
4: thank
1: you. The chicken's gross. Thank you very much. We appreciate it.
3: That's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here tomorrow.